You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. My man, Jason LaConfora, along with Carl Dukes. Put him up. Glad that you guys are here. Guys, this football season... It's flying by already. We're in week three. And, Jason, let's talk about the Monday night games. We had a doubleheader last night as we record this podcast on Tuesday. Um, Philadelphia, they're 3-0. The bottom line is, guys, you know, they're 3-3, 3-0 teams right now. They're one of them. But I I don't even want to say this was the Jalen Hurts flu game, although we found out, I guess, during or after he had flu-like symptoms. He threw for a touchdown. He ran for one, but he threw two picks. But they were able to overcome that. And, you know, here the Buccaneers are. We kept saying, all right, when's Baker Mayfield going to come back down to earth? Well, it kind of looked like the Baker Mayfield that we were accustomed to, Jason. So they lose 25-11. Philly's off to their first 3-0 start in back-to-back years since 92-93. So pretty impressive start for the Eagles. You know, hats off to the Eagles. And I think sometimes we get caught up. I know I do too much in style points. You're trying to dissect every win, right, or dissect every – outing down to the last molecule because you're trying to predict what it means for the following week or what it means for their futures totals or, you know what I mean? What it means (laughs) for the division race, right? Like, but there is this Super Bowl hangover thing that's very real for the team that loses it. And they lost it in a particularly, I think, um, tough manner, right? Where it looked like they had that, like it looked like they had the Chiefs on the ropes. So they're winning games, man, and and they're winning it without having the, like. To me, it's like a starting pitcher who could be an ace, right? It's like your number one starter, and he's had like number three starter stuff his first <laughs> couple of outings after a long layoff, right? Or maybe you know, like it's kind of like still spring training, or or maybe he's coming back from injury, and so the fastball velo is not there the first couple of weeks, right? He's still working through some kinks, but you're still winning the game. 
right? right. He's still giving you 17, 18 outs, right? He's pitching into the sixth, and you're in you're in decent shape because your other things are are there. And and so if, if Hertz is the starter who's you know not quite right, but they're giving him run support, and that's what the defense is doing, and that's what the run game's doing. You know, then then I'm not going to sit here and bang on the inefficiencies in their passing game, or sit here and say how much different Hertz looks now that he did a year ago. I mean, there's some of that going on, but I think there's some of that to be expected. Um, and they're winning, and, and they're still winning like relatively comfortably. You know, like it, it, it may not be the way aesthetically you want to see it, but. I never thought they were losing any of these games. You know, right. they had they had special teams and the Mac Jones pick six against New England. Like, and then they didn't put them away and they let them hang around. But like, I never thought the Eagles were losing that game. And I think if you if you really want to, like, take the glass half full side of it, we talked about this before the season started. The 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 bulldog bunch is for real. This kid, oh yeah, those kids, like that's the new lifeblood of that defense, man. And you're seeing them all make splash plays. Like Jordan Davis has taken a big step forward. He's in better shape now. He understands what it means to be a professional. They were able to keep him on a pitch count last year. You look at what he's doing now, man. Oh man, right? And Jalen Carter wrecks games. And you're looking at you know Dean. You're looking at Dean gets sacks and like. You're looking at all these different, like, they're – and those kids are just scratching the surface. So I don't know that it's going to be like it was last year, you know, where it was an offensive juggernaut and they're destroying everybody by halftime. And, yeah, Hurts has to get a little better. Um, but that was a pretty comprehensive win, you know. Like, they really did what they had to do early. They got up on those guys on the road, and they bullied them. They bullied them. You finally saw somebody exploit – I've been waiting for people like, okay, Ryan Jack- it's not their center anymore. Like, when am I watching a game? You know what I mean? Thinking, oh, there we go. There we go. And this was it. They got interior pressure, beat them up on both sides of the, of the line of scrimmage. And then they just played Rob. You know, the, 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 I mean, that drive to end the game, like, was, was perfect. I, I, look, I want to, I want to Tampa to get the ball back because I needed another interception at a Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and it was like the last nine minutes of the game, the Eagles just played keep away. Like, yes. you know, that's pretty pretty impressive stuff what they did in the trenches so um people who are like wanting to write them off the the imminent demise of the eagles is vastly overrated yeah fly eagles fly here's the thing four five in that last drive for for jalen and he ran for a first down so he goes four five passing runs for a first down and game's over like that was masterful and when you need jalen to play that way like that's what impressed me last year is this is one of those drives where we need you to be great. We need you to make plays. He does it. They also ran for over 200 yards. And I just want to make this a part of of this narrative as we're in week three. They were the fifth best rushing team last year, guys, in the NFL. Their identity is running football. And Swift last night, I think he had 130 yards or whatever it was. This is who they are. So they're still going to run the football. Jason's right. They're going to shut you down defensively. And then when the game's on the line, they feel like their quarterback can put him on their shoulders and do what he did last night and say, hey, I'm not giving you the ball back. The Eagles are going to be fine. They've got the arguably the best roster in the league, Jason, outside of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm with you. This was kind of like, all right, they're not going to blow people out. Teams are going to give them their best shot. But just know this, 12 of the past 14 teams to start 3-0 have made it to the playoffs. And we're talking about going from last year, even the end of this year. It's just kind of what it is. So I expect them to be there at the end of the season, bearing, barring no serious injuries. But they were they were who we thought they were last night, right? That's what this is. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, they're, they're pretty well coached. And Hertz had some throws he'd want back, but they don't. Yep. They don't really beat themselves. And, yeah, when they want to just default to let's ride a couple of different running backs, let's ride this offensive line, you know, third third and short, well, we'll just – we got our quarterback who's stronger than your quarterback, and he's going to pick it up, and we'll just keep the clock moving. You know, like, they're, they're, they are a professional-grade, week-in, week-out winning operation. And I don't really know who else is in the NFC. You know, you mentioned San Francisco – I'll certainly buy that. We know that, you know, since Christian McCaffrey came to town, they they pretty much win regular season football games. And after that, like, again, I don't know. You tell me, you know. No, listen, Cowboys got Cowboys. Look, I I said the Cowboys, right? Can the Cowboys (laughs) handle a success? Can they even handle September's success? Like, what? I'll buy the Cowboys when I see the Cowboys. Right? I said it. On the other side of Thanksgiving, beating teams they're not supposed to beat and handling the ones they're supposed to. So, like, that is what it is. The North, you know what I mean? Like, the Lions are probably on the come, but they've had some but they're, injuries. Yeah, yeah but they're, Seattle's in playoff, very shaky. Like, Yeah, but in a playoff game, I don't trust. I don't trust the Lions. Let's just say they had to go to Philly right now. Like, what we know. They're not yeah. beating the Eagles, right? Yeah. So, I know there's a lot of football probably to be not. played. Let's talk about the Bengals, who avoid 0-3. Jason Lock on 4, Carl Dukes, it's In the Huddle, guys. Follow us, subscribe, and also check out In the Huddle Pod on YouTube. We appreciate you guys making us one of the top podcasts on Odyssey, and uh, it's been great to to get the season started. Of course, Brian Baldinger, part of this podcast, he'll be with us on Thursday, and we'll talk about the upcoming games. Bengals avoid 0-3. They win by three, uh, you know, and, and full full disclosure, I bet this last night, right? Because I said, there's no way, Jason, Bengals are going to go 0-3. Problem is, I got to push. But they win the game, and Burrow basically said, listen, it's it's worth the risk for me to play versus us going yeah. 0-3. I don't think he's going to be 100%, Jason, the entire season, bro. I just don't. I mean, like – Last yeah. night, he didn't look like Joe Burrow, but he was out there, and they were able to pull out a victory. But tell me what you think about the Bengals because, uh, you know, this is a team, again, we thought should be, and and we still I still think they could be a playoff team, but it's all going to depend on this calf, man. Yeah. Um, I love the under in this game. I thought it'd be a lot of kick fest. I don't buy either of these offenses in the red zone right now, and I definitely buy the Bengals' defense. The Rams defense, as long as Aaron Donald keeps playing like he is, um, is certainly better than what we saw for a lot of last year. So it kind of was what I thought it would be. Um, the, the the Stafford interceptions were obviously huge. Um, but the Bengals, the last couple of years at home, they give up 18 a game at home. San Francisco, uh, uh, the Rams score 14 on the road. Um, so this was this was kind of, you know, what I thought it would be. There's still no downfield thrust to the Bengals passing game whatsoever. The occasional crosser, you know, between the numbers, but you know, those bombs away to Jamar Chase and T Higgins outside the numbers. That's, that's, that's not that they're not even pretending 
they think they can do it, let alone executing it. Like there's well, not what do you, even what do you the threat. What, what do you think of mixing? What do you think of mixing? Because I feel like that's part of this, right? That it's not a great run game. No, I, I look, I think Orlando Brown has his faults at left tackle, but you can run behind Orlando Brown and, and you can exert your will behind Orlando Brown. Uh, and, and I think they're doing some of that. I think a lot of that also is Bur- Burrow's cap and just trying to navigate things and, and keep him upright and get through games. I mean, he he dropped back and threw a lot, but the ball didn't go very far, and the ball came out quickly, and most of the time the ball came, went to Jamar Chase to see what he could do with, yeah, you know, a lot of it in the slot. Like, it's very pedestrian. It's, it's very, like, to me, kind of like survival mode. Like, what can we win this game and not get our quarterback killed and they're relying on their defense and their kicking game they got a kicker who you know 55 whatever doesn't scare him nobody flinches right he's not one of these guys who needs altitude or needs a dome he does it in a division where you're playing in the in the elements pretty much every week so that like like, i I just think it was a smart approach by zach taylor like i'm not going to try to put on the show here Uh, this is not the week to try to flex our muscles we still have some issues, but we, man, we got to we got to win this football game. I don't think the Rams are a great team. You know, I think we'll look back on what they did week one at Seattle and say that was, you know, that was their Super Bowl. Like they've been terrible on third down since that game. They're terrible in the red zone, and they haven't been able to score points on the road. Like I said, in a couple of years, and, and the quarterback when he gets out of sort of the creature comforts and he goes on the road and he starts getting hit. Um, there's, there's usually, and now he doesn't have Cooper Cup, right? Who can just throw everything to? Then you're, you're probably going to see some inefficiencies and turnovers, and, and we have. Neither team ran the ball as much as I thought in the first, in the first half. Like as someone who's way on the under, like I'm like, why have these teams run like a collective 13 times in the first half when neither, you know, <laughs> neither has a passing game that you would hang your hat on right now. Um, and yeah, I think Mixon is fine, and I think Mixon's touches will continue to go up, and I think. That again, for as much as we talked about them and all their offensive wizardry, and they were, you know, the AFC's big play offense for a period of time, they don't even think they're that anymore. They don't even show it as like a faint, as a deep, as a well, just in case you thought we didn't do it. Like, it's not, that's not what they're trying to be. That's not who they are. Uh, we'll see if that changes over time. Um, but yeah, they, you know, they want, they know how to win games and the defense is, you know, the defense is legit and the young safeties are figuring a few things out each week. And really look, that game also to me more than anything else is I didn't think the Rams had an offensive line coming into the, into the season. And again, through week one, you're like, Whoa. but since then it, it kind of is what we thought it was. And, Hubbard and Hendrickson weren't getting off against anybody the first couple of weeks, including a bunch of Ravens backups. And they yeah. really whipped the Rams and had their way with them. And again, when you put Stafford under that kind of pressure, as much as he's been hit this deep in his career, there's probably going to be a mistake or two. So can those guys bring it? You know, is that Brett Bengals front four going to be able to play like that with some consistency? Uh, if they can, then that takes things up another notch. They were kind of, you know, those guys didn't look like themselves the first couple of weeks, or I was starting to wonder if they'd hit the wall. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They lost their left tackle and Joe Noteboom, their right guard, last night also. So that offensive line now is even in more trouble. Stafford sacked yeah. six times. He throws two picks to Jason's point, And I'm with you. At this point in Stafford's career, he's not as elusive as he once was uh-huh. to be able to maneuver the pocket like that. And now you've got two other injuries on that offensive line. So Rams are in trouble. I mean, you know, we, we knew they were not going to be – at least we thought they weren't going to be as good – um, but they're in trouble. And I agree with you as far as the Bengals. Everybody just wants to point to last year like, oh, you know, they won 12 of their last 14 games. That doesn't happen every year, guys. It's like the it's like the no. Vikings winning 11 games by one score. You know, it, that's not going to happen right. this year. So I can't look at last year and say – They might the lose 11. <laughs> they might lose 11 by one score this year. Like, that's the, that's the trend. It is. The trend. We can't look we can't look at that and say that's going to happen for the Bengals. So, good win for the Bengals. I am just telling you guys right now, the Burrow thing. Guys, he could roll out and tweak that damn calf yep. and be done. So, we just got to keep a close eye on it, but I'm glad he played last night. The NFL needs its stars. Jason Lockon for Carl Dukes. Let's talk about a couple of other games that got our attention, specifically the Dolphins. I, I think you use the term 70 burger, don't you? Well, what, what, what's the term you use, Jason? I hadn't, well, I hadn't before because I hadn't had a reason to. Um, <laughs> I mean, I figured it existed in a mythical world. My kids losing to somebody on Madden and then hearing a bunch of expletives and looking at the scoreboard and be like, <laughs> dude, that, that guy hung 72 on you? How do you even score 72 points? Uh, but in the real world, I don't know what blows me away. For some reason for me, like watching the game, but then like you know it gets to be a second a blowout in the second half. So you you know you're trying to focus on six things at once. Or there were nine games going on, but you know it was like five or six that I was really watching. And then you no, know, that one moves to like the secondary, right? Because it's over. But you, you know you knew they'd scored a lot of points. But like when I got back to the game book, you know, and I'm no- taking my notes, I, the seven twenty six I couldn't get past it. Like. That, to me, even more than the 70 points. Because it's like you think, oh, well, maybe there was I, – I missed a kickoff return. You know, <laughs> I missed a punt return. Like, I missed Russell running the wrong way. You know what I mean? And and, yeah. and sacking him, like safetying himself. Like, for some reason, the 70 points computed more than the 700 – like, the 726, I'm like, Mike effing White played like the final four possessions of that game they yeah. got they, they they rolled up 726 yards when they weren't trying to move the ball anymore you know what i mean when, when they're up by 40 and it's like they're they're really not trying i don't, I don't think mcdaniel's like let me get you know 
both my running backs four t- touchdowns. Like, I don't think that was the plan. Like, I don't think he's got any bad blood with, you know, Sean Payton. It's just that the Broncos' defense was so horrible. They, they you know, they're Jason. just going to run the ball, and they still couldn't stop it. 726 yards. Jason, I got to ask you this. Did the Broncos quit? Did that defense quit on Sean Payton? I think they had to. 726 yards. <laughs> this was regulation. You know what I mean? This was not a nip and tuck game that went to all 10 minutes of overtime. <laughs> like I they quit thought of this sooner How they quit many, like i'm gonna look at like yards per minute that they were on the field you know what i mean yeah. like I, I, i'm just trying to do the math in my head like what could that like like it's a 60 minute game and the ram and then the rams the, the broncos did have the ball on offense like whatever it was 40 minutes like how many yards per freaking minute is that like it's the, the nfl this Friday night lights. Yeah, I was blown away. Um, it's the most points scored in a game since 1966. That was 72 by the Giants in 66, which is again is still unheard of. Tyreek Hill had 157 yards and nine catches and didn't play the fourth quarter. Okay. Um, they scored on eight of nine drives. Get it, score, get it, score, get it, score. It's unbelievable. Like, I, I and as I watched this game back, because I had to see it, Jason, I was like, how did they do this? And I'm watching, and about the fifth drive of this game where the, where the Broncos realized they couldn't stop these dudes, they just start giving up plays. And I'm like, ooh, this doesn't look good. And let's be honest. Let's talk about Sean Payton for a second. Dolphins win 70-20. to 20. All that crap Sean Payton was talking in the offseason, okay? He didn't talk about the Dolphins. But he talked about Nathaniel Hackett, and whether you agreed with it or not, he broke the code, Jason. And so now people are saying, this is karma, bro. This is how this comes back on a coach who says some of the things he said publicly about other coaches and the way that he's going about his business. Either way, this is ugly for Sean Payton. Oh, it's it's bad. 22 points per minute. So the defense was on the field for 33 minutes. Again, this was not like they were on the field for 46 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it was three three yards in a cloud of dust. Like, the Dolphins were scoring quickly big plays to get the lead. 22 yards per minute. That's nuts. I mean, that's how- crazy to me. I've never even thought of a football game in those terms. But it's, and, and you know, when you watch a football game and you take the commercials out and you take all the ancillary BS out for penalties and everything. It's it's like 18 minutes of actual action. It's true. You know what I mean? That's true. So like yeah. these guys giving up 22 yards per minute when most of the minute is dude standing in a huddle like waiting, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. As the clock ticks. Yeah, it, that that I mean, I'll tell you this. I think it's going to be a long time before Sean Payton utters anything about Nathaniel Hackett. I think he's going And look, Nathaniel Hackett is a joke. But I think he's going to keep Nathaniel Hackett's name out of his mouth for a yes. long time, Carl. Like, yes. I think there's got to be a moratorium on him saying anything about the 2022 Broncos until he wins a playoff game. And I like yeah, Sean a do lot. Something. But I, I do too. He, that that like I don't. Nobody wants to hear about 2022. Like like oh you That's you've cool. already said to Nathaniel Hackett, hold my beer. <laughs> you know. Like you thought you did some ish. Watch this. In our, yeah. In, in our first road game, we're gonna go down to the South Beach and give up 22 yards a minute on defense. 
It's unreal. Um, by the way, uh, Tua leads the NFL in passing. All right. No surprise with the numbers we're giving you. But we were all concerned about the concussions and can he stay healthy? This guys, we may be looking at the MVP with Tua Tonga Bailoa. Jason, we might be looking at this guy winning the MVP this season. Oh, yeah. It's nuts. Again, long season. They've they've, you know, they've got to keep him upright and they've 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 got to be smart, and I think they will be. And I I, I respect the hell out of that young man, and I hope um I hope he's able to play a full season because if he does, this is gonna be uh this is this is this is gonna be something. You think they need Dalvin Cook? Huh? You think no. that you, like like no. if you watch that with the well, Jets, you, you think you think they need you think they need Dalvin Cook? I don't. I'm glad don't you said this. Did. Raheem Mostriff, three rushing touchdowns, right? Second week in a row where he's had multiple rushing touchdowns. He was with the 49ers when McDaniel yeah. was there. And he comes yeah. over to the Dolphins, and the one guy who believed in him was McDaniel. And everybody else is like, oh, they need this guy, to your point. And McDaniel's sitting there chilling like, do we? Look at what this guy's doing. No. I- I'm with and you And I got this, this other dude nobody's even heard of, and he's going to go off too. Like, I, I got to – I like uh, – you know, like – Achane, Achane, I, I, I don't, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't know anything. Like he showed up in that game, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. and then he just never stopped showing up. I'm like, who is this dude? Yeah, okay. It's they, they, they got, got some players. Backs. They got, and, they and, got offense and players all across the board. They're sort of, yeah, yes, and they got Armstead back their left tackle, and he's yep. settled in. And there's a lot to like there. That'll be a hell of an interesting game between them and the Bills. But I found this interesting. And as much as Denver, I mean, again, they that was historically bad. And yeah, it looked like some dudes were were ready to to get on that plane at halftime. How about the fact that the 0-3 Denver Broncos coming off one of the worst defensive performances in the history of the league now go to Chicago in week four, back-to-back road games for a team that hasn't won yet. And they're three and a half point favorites. It's unreal. What does that tell you about the Chicago Bears? <laughs> the Chicago Listen. Bears are, are on the cusp of becoming the first team in NFL history to lose 14 straight games while giving up 25 points or more. They've tied the 63-64 Denver Broncos doing it 13 times in a row. And now Denver, that woeful Denver team comes to town and Denver's laying three and a half at Chicago. It's nuts from the standpoint of the way both teams have looked so far. But here's the deal. We know this, Jason. Sean Payton's not going anywhere. Matt Eberflus right. probably is. Sean Payton not is yes. not going anywhere. So no. Denver could even lose this game, and he's not going anywhere because of the circumstances no. and everything. Eberflus, I think, is playing for his job. I think we've gotten to that yes. point. And Justin Fields, whether you think the kid is good or not, he's regressed. He doesn't look right. Yep. You can tell me the team and the talent is sucks and it's no good, which it might be true. But Eberflus is playing for his job this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 spread to me was was interesting. It opened at two and a half on Saturday. And even though you Denver it? got Are you on it? No. Jump on it? Not yet. I'll look into <laughs> it later in the week. I don't know either of those teams. I'll probably sit that one out. But I just found it interesting that 
Denver got destroyed the way they did. And Chicago got destroyed too, but I mean, it was at Kansas Expe- City. Right, and everybody expected. expected it. And it wasn't a 70 burger. And by Sunday night, Denver had picked up steam. And Denver went from a two and a half point favorite to a three and a half point favorite after that performance. I just found it interesting. You know, Vegas knows. Um, well, everybody thinks, right? Like, you're going to come off that loss. They're going to be motivated. They'll get right against the Bears, who are terrible. So yeah. it makes sense, even though it's on the road. But that I think that's kind of the thinking. But it is an interesting number. Jason, let's talk about how about them Cowboys? They lose on the road 28-16. People said this was a trap game. Did you buy into that? Well, look, I think if they're who they pretend to be, it's not a trap game. Because we talked about this a little bit last week. And one of the reasons I thought they would continue to flex their bully muscles is because Mike McCarthy, we're in week three. And all he's got to do is go back to week two and week one, the only two weeks we played football, and say, look what happened to teams in our division when they took these guys for granted. Washington's down at the half, barely beats them. Giants trail by 28 at one point. Right, had to scramble, came back to beat them. What were the odds that that you know what I mean? You can play that way. We can't be them. They, they, you won't talk about people quitting or whatever. I, I'm not going to say. I, I mean, I just think some dudes didn't show up. Their best selves didn't show up. They didn't think they needed their best selves to win this game. I mean, I, I thought they got pushed around in the first half, and then it put a lot of pressure on that offense to have to do some things that they haven't had to do this year because. They've been playing with a lead. They've been getting defensive scores. They've been getting special team scores. They've been playing against completely inept operations like the New York Jets who are trying to win without a quarterback. And, yes, that's definitely better than Zach Wilson. And, and so it became a situation where, oh, man, we got it. Not only do we have to straight up beat these guys, but we got to come from behind to do it and make up ground. And it it, it didn't bring out the best in them. Um but the Cardinals came out and they established Connor early. And again, it looked like they they it looked like they were pissed off that it was a road game in their own stadium. You know what I mean? And I think they were yeah. probably a little pissed off that the whole world is coronating the Cowboys. And you know what I mean? They're they're two touchdown favorites, and they're like, Well, you know, we 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 have played pretty hard, you know, we have kept these games close, and we have been way more competitive than anybody thought we were gonna be, because everybody thought we're tanking. And yeah, the owner is trying to tank. But they're not making it easy for him. So the players play. Yeah. And and they came out and they took it to him in the first half. And look, I'm not a big McCarthy guy. So do I think McCarthy's gonna have the, the best play calls to dig them out of holes? Like, do I think he gets better as the situation gets tougher? No, not at all. And I, he's uber conservative. Um, and when they had to open it up a little bit, you saw some turnovers and stuff. So uh I just look. The Cowboys will make the playoffs because it's the NFC. I never, I don't consider the Cowboys a Super Bowl threat. I don't think the Cowboys are coming out of the NFC. I didn't think it after their two big wins, um, and they'll go off and they'll beat a bunch of bad teams the next few weeks. And I still won't think it. Um, and not that's the end all and be all, but I just don't like the way they can never handle like they just can't really handle success. When the owner is the GM and the owner is your biggest cheerleader and the owner is that involved in it and the owner always thinks he has the best roster in football and always thinks 
you know, it's his birthright to win a whole bunch of games and do it his way. It's just that that paradigm doesn't work. I do not believe it'll work. I, I certainly don't think it's going to work for Jerry Jones. Um, and so, yeah, you come out and you're flat and you're not as good offensively as people think you are. And you're not really great playing from behind. And you show me anything they've done in the red zone, even in their wins, where you're like, oh, that was interesting. Or, wow, where'd McCarthy come up with that? Like, they didn't I have just, to. I don't know, man. In these first two right? wins, I just think they, they figure their players will go out there and win, you know? And then, well, what if they what if what if they don't? Or what if things don't go our way? Um, you know, they've got talent. They'll win a bunch of regular season games, but I don't buy them. I, I fade like, the Cowboys every year. Let, let me get on the record now. It's in the huddle, guys. In the huddle pod on YouTube. Subscribe, like us, make sure you check us out, and don't miss an episode. This game is why I don't trust Dak. And I heard Dak say after the game, you guys got what you wanted. Who's you? The media? Nobody's rooting against you, Dak Prescott. Here's where I want to go on the record. Three minutes to play. You could go down and score, and he throws a pick. How are you going to play in a bigger game against the 49ers as you did last year on the road if you've got to do that again? How are you going to play against the Eagles in the playoffs on the road possibly when you've got to do this? Week three, Dak, you needed to go down and score and you throw a pick with three minutes left. This is why I don't trust you. So I just want to go on the record. Super nice guy, would want him to date my daughter, has nothing to do with football. Has nothing to do with the football aspect of things. And him calling us out, Jason, as if, well, the media got what they wanted. They wanted to see the Cardinals beat us is crap, okay? Stop making excuses. Start making plays. That's where I'm at with Dak Prescott, and that's why the defense is unbelievable. But when you need it, three minutes in a game, and I got to go score on the road, you couldn't do it against the Cardinals? Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, and again, Sam Howe found a way. Daniel Jones found a way. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't sexy. They didn't light up. Well, Jones ended up lighting up the box score by the fourth quarter. But, yeah, don't always give me pause, man. I just can't. I see. I just can't back him. I just just can't. I just can't back him. I want to ask you about a team that maybe you can back. but. I'm not sure. I'm watching Jason, and you're closer to it with the Ravens. So I want to get your take on this. This offense is, it's, ah, eh, okay, it's all right. (laughs) But how the hell do you lose to the Colts when they don't even have Anthony Richardson this weekend? Yeah, or Jonathan Taylor, or, you know, Ryan Kelly, their center. Um, Are they getting killed in Baltimore? They're kind of of playing without a tight end. They're not getting killed. I mean, because they had eight starters out, but like they always have guys out, and the Colts had guys out too. And um, people are upset. I mean, John Harbaugh uh, blew an opportunity to call a timeout. He had Zay Flowers uh, fair catch a punt after the Ravens defense produced the safety that should have put the game away in the fourth quarter. And basically, they, they botched that sequence. They should have taken the game um, under the two minute warning. They didn't. That extra timeout ended up being a big deal. Uh, all they coaching needed was blunder? a first down and multiple. Yes, absolutely. Co- coaching, bl- absolutely okay. coaching blunder. Um, now there was some, cons- there was some like 
there was a long delay as they tried to figure out exactly when Gardner Minshew stepped out and when the you know where the clock should be reset. But there was still plenty of time for them to get their get things straight on the sidelines. And then in that situation, they had they had timeouts to spare. So you could have just called a timeout to make sure that the rookies, A Flowers, were no longer in a fair catch situation. You know, now we need to get this clock under two minutes. Um, look, they put the ball on the ground four times, lost a couple of them. Uh, they th- three straight sequences where they're up seven nothing. Kenyon Drake has a long run, gets stripped from behind, fumbles. The next drive ends on a Lamar Jackson fumble that he pounced on. The next drive ends on a lost fumble that turns into a touchdown, lost fumble deep in their territory. Then the next Mm. drive ends on a bad snap fumble for a field goal. Colts go up 10-7 at the half. Uh, Look, and then the Ravens in the fourth quarter, even though Justin Tucker misses a field goal he normally makes, it was 61 yards in the rain. Like, it shouldn't be considered automatic for anybody. Uh, They stopped throwing the ball. You know, the, the Todd Monkin showed no faith, their new offensive coordinator, in their passing game whatsoever. And they had opportunities on second and third down to try to throw for a first down, put the game away, and they didn't do it. They just kept running, and it got predictable. And, and th- there's a lot of stats in this game that will that will blow your mind. But this one, like if you're talking about how the Ravens were supposed to evolve under Todd Monkin, this one was like quintessential Greg Roman, their old offensive coordinator. In the second half and overtime, because this game went deep into overtime. That's a lot of extra football. In the second half and overtime, the Ravens ran 23 rushing plays for 5.1 yards per carry. They ran 24 pass attempts for okay. 4.7 for 4.7 yards per attempt. Wow. That's that's that explains you it. want I mean, to talk about going back to the future in the worst way possible. And- that's with a backup offensive line that wasn't playing that well. You know, that's with the running game that outside of Lamar Jackson, and they defaulted to Lamar Jackson off-script runs all over the place. It looked like it did, you know, at the depths of the Greg Roman era where, hey, Lamar, just scramble and bail us out. Like, that's what they became against sure. the Colts defense that didn't really have any corners. So, yeah, there's concern. Um, there's concern. And now they go to Cleveland, whose defense is – the Cleveland Browns through three weeks have allowed opponents to run four plays, four total plays in their red zone for minus 12 yards, Carl. That's all the gotcha. season. We're gotcha. going into week four. Opposing, opposing teams have run four plays in the red zone against the Browns for minus 12 yards. And then they've got Pittsburgh and Watt and Highsmith and all that at Pittsburgh the week after that. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's reasons to – where I thought this stretch would be the reason they wouldn't make the playoffs. I didn't. They they play three, uh, all three of their division opponents on the road within the first five weeks of the season, and I thought that would be a problem for them so early in this new regime with Todd Munkin. We'll see. Um, yeah, it it may be. I'll just say the one thing: there's certain teams right now who, if if, if all things are equal or even close to equal, bet the under. <laughs> the Ravens are one of those. The Saints are one of those. Like, there are now trends that go way back to last season where unless they're setting – and you know, unless it's early in the week and they're already setting that total at 38.5 or something like that, like when you see Ravens totals and you see Saints totals, 
around 42 and a half, 43 and a half, even 41 and a half at the beginning of the week. I would jump on those at the beginning of the week. Those are gotcha. under teams. Under, under, under. under. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's crazy. Four field goals, by the way. Uh, all of them beyond 50 yards in this game yeah. for, for, for the Colts. Crazy. Crazy stuff. All right, Jason, before we wrap up and get out of here, let's talk about the Jags and the Texans. D'Amico Ryans, congratulations. And by the way, c- congratulations to Jonathan Gannon. We talked about the Cardinals, his first win as a head yes. coach. D'Amico Ryans as a head coach. They did. Yeah. And, and, and for the Texans, okay, listen, this C.J. Stroud kid uh-huh. starting to look the part. He's starting to look the part. 280 yards, two touchdowns. He's got 906 yards and uh, what? Uh, no picks. So he's the first quarterback with four touchdowns, over 900 yards, and no picks in his first three games in the NFL as a quarterback. They keep these weird stats. Just laying it out there yeah. to you guys. Stroud looks like he's going to be okay. Looks yeah. like he's going to be a guy. But the Texans beat up on the Jets. What the hell happened to the Jaguars? Well, they're, they're not a good September team. I think the Jags haven't won a game in September since 2021. Houston has had the Jags number for years, even though, right, the guy, the players have changed and the names on the back of the jerseys have, have changed. Like, I have some friends who – and, look, I, I took Baltimore in the Survivor, so don't, I'm not saying I'm right. I shouldn't take sure. Miami. They're my second pick. But I tried to talk some people out of Jacksonville here, and I'm pretty sure Jacksonville was by far and away the most used team in Survivor polls. Just Houston kind of – Houston's kind of had their number, you know, and and Houston's now six and zero straight up in their last six uh, road games against the AFC South. Like they've given Jacksonville fits. Um, Trevor Lawrence is not off to a great start. They're not running the game, running the ball, you know, particularly well. They don't have fight in the pass rush. Uh, they they play stout against the run, but you know Jacksonville looks like a young team that maybe you know hasn't done the best job in the world at handling all their success from a sure. year ago. And then Houston, you 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 look at you know, this young man has had to go at Baltimore, which traditionally one of the best home field advantages in in, in football. And I know he lost the game, but like he 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 won the war, like he lost the battle, but he won the war. He showed. He can handle some tough stuff with a back with a bunch of backup offensive linemen in his first start. And now he goes and gets a road win at Jacksonville that we all crowned as the AFC South champs before the season started. Hell, I thought they could mess around and flirt with a one seed when you look at their schedule. Um, he navigates the pocket expertly. I love his feet. I love the way his eyes and his feet are paired as he right. manipulates things when it's not perfect. Um, his ball placement accuracy is plus. His decision-making is plus. Plus, uh, that defense is only going to continue to get better. Will Anderson is absolutely a thing. Um, we're starting to see the kid, uh, Tank Dell, who looked really good in the preseason. Now that's manifesting itself in the regular season. Nico Collins is a better receiver than I think people think. Like, that division to me is going to be really sort of interesting. Because Richardson will come back for the Colts, and they've already won a game. Nobody thought they were going to win. And now Jacksonville, like, they've got it. Atlanta in London. Do I think they win that game? I mean, probably. But, brother, if they come back without winning that game, like, all of a sudden, things get real weird there. Like, Tennessee's clearly has limitations. 
but Rabel will find a way to beat a couple teams you think they have no right beating. Like that division could be much more of a free-for-all than any of us thought. And the young quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks, will, will probably have something to do with it. But yeah, like that spread to me, I'm looking at that spread. It got over 10 in some markets. I'm like, boy, that's not, what have you seen out of Jacksonville that makes you think they're beating, you know, a team with a pass rush by by two touchdowns or 12 points or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I kind of, I, I, I thought Houston was live in that spot. Um, yeah. And yes, CJ Stroud, some advanced scouts told me in the summer that he's way better than you're giving him credit for. And that football team is way more talent than people are giving him credit for. And they were right. And again, even in that loss week one to Baltimore, you could look at them and say, wow, that does not look like some of these rookie operations where it's first time head coach, you know what I mean? New coordinators and a, 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 a brand spanking new rookie quarterback fresh from college like that. You can look at that in some places week one and already know at least a couple of those cats ain't ready for this just yet. Not the Houston Texans. Here's what's crazy, Jason. Stroud has looked better than Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson for his time on the field has looked better than Bryce Young. I don't know who's going to be the best quarterback out of those three, but we're already comparing them. And Stroud looks like the better player right now. So we're going to see where this goes. They've won, by the way, here's a crazy stat for you, 16 of the past 19 against the Jaguars. The Texans numbers. have their number. It's nuts. All right. Um, and by the way, Calvin Ridley, catch the ball. He had three drops, two in the end zone. So you talk about, well, you know, Ridley and his impact. Go back and look at Calvin Ridley after the after the second quarter of the first game on. He, he had a monster game in the first half of the first game, and then – the last, Nothing. what, two, the last 10 quarters of football he's played? Yeah, not so good. Jason, man, great job as always. Follow Jason. Read him in the Washington Post, guys. Jason Lock on four. Of course, Baldy, a part of this podcast as well. Check out Baldy's breakdowns. He'll be here Thursday. We'll talk about the games upcoming. We'll talk about some betting as well. And also, follow me. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up. And we appreciate you guys being here each and every week. We'll put out a new episode a little bit later on this week, looking ahead to week four. And we've got a game in London, by the way. Speaking of the Jags, Falcons-Jags. So we get early football Sunday morning. I think it's 9 o'clock, 9 or 9.30. So we'll, we'll talk about that uh, coming up as we start to see some of these games now overseas as we get into the meat of the, uh, the NFL season here. Jason, man, have a great day. Great stuff. And, guys, thank you for you being too, here. Brother. Subscribe. All right, guys, in the huddle. We'll see you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 